I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. Hi there. Can you feel the love in the room? I certainly hope so, because this is yet another special episode of Bankadelic. It is the Bankadelic Valentine's Day broadcast. And today on the podcast, we have not one, not two, not three, but six guests that are going to talk to you about what they loved. Yes, what they loved in financial services in the year 2020 and what they are looking forward to in 2021. I expect a very stimulating conversation because it's not only going to include their sage observations and what they experienced, but a little bit of love. You'll see what I mean. And I'm going to introduce our first guest, Charles Potts. Take it away, Charles. I'm the Senior Vice President and Chief Innovation Officer for the ICBA, the Independent Community Bankers of America. And I have the absolute best job on the planet right now, working with community bankers and fintech companies and bringing mission-driven, purpose-built solutions to the marketplace so that our wonderful community banks here in the U.S. can help address the needs in the markets and customers they serve. I have a front row seat to see some really cool things happening between the bankers and these fintech entrepreneurs, So, one of whom we have on this session with us today. And it's just a great time to be at that intersection of banking and fintech. It's a great time for us to be talking about this love affair we have with fintech as we prepare this Valentine's Day podcast that you put together. And as we go with each guest, Charles, tell us your favorite love song and why. Yeah, so I have always enjoyed the work that Phil Collins does individually and with Genesis. And the song he did, Against All Odds, has always been something that I found very meaningful and very expressively about my view of love. And since we're talking about fintech, it's, I think, very apropos that there's this against all odds quest that many of the fintechs we get to work with, you know, have to have that strong love for what they're doing. And so I find this song to speak to us in many ways. Next up, Nicole Harper, step up to the mic. Thank you, Lou, and I do appreciate the invitation to join today's Love Fest. Very excited to be here. Uh, My name is Nicole Harper, and I'm a senior analyst with Jack Henry & Associates. Jack Henry & Associates is a leading provider of technology solutions, primarily for U.S. banks and credit unions in the space. We have the pleasure and privilege of serving approximately 9,000 clients In my role, I have a team of passionate folks who love fintech, so we're always championing trying to approach research from an independent perspective. We really are striving to identify consumer trends, industry trends, and technology trends, and what's happening in the competitive landscape, just to identify the implications that are most impactful to our clients and also to us as a supplier. 
So happy to join you in today's discussion. And on the theme of love, you know, as I was reflecting, I've got a lot of great songs, but you know, what's top of mind in terms of my favorite love song is Lone Star's Baby, I'm Amazed by You. It really does reflect the relationship I have with my loving husband. And my husband was on a lengthy business trip, I think maybe a week and a half. So that was kind of a long time to be away from my sweetheart. And so when I was at baggage claim in San Diego airport, you know, he approaches me and he puts the shush sign to my lips. So I'm not supposed to, you know, react or say a word. He immediately places headphones on my ears and plays the song. So there I am bawling in the airport, very much like a scene out of love actually. So that really is my favorite. I want to steal that trick. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you, Lou. Kathleen Lasco, you're up. Hello, everyone. It's fabulous to be here. Really enjoying the opportunity and appreciate being asked. I am a marketing advisor for Finboa. Finboa was founded in 2016, and it's established to help financial institutions improve their regulatory compliance and their enterprise efficiency. And they do that by using back office automation and putting that in place and really creating a great customer experience. The bulk of my background has been in large tech corporations as well as finance. So moving into FinTech for me has been a delightful and inspiring change. In terms of music, I have one song that is among my favorites and that song is actually All That Heaven Will Allow by Bruce Springsteen. I find the song inspiring. The passion and the voice that he brings to the song makes me think that with love, anything is possible. It's inspiring, inspires people to be their best person and brings hope. And I think the world can always use a whole lot more love. Thank you, Kathleen. Passion is what it's all about in financial services. And someone who played an important and fun role in the Bankadelic Holiday Extravaganza. Welcome back, Nathan Baumeister. Hey, Lou. Thank you so much for having me back. Excited to be here for another holiday special with you. I'm the CEO of Z Suite Technologies. We're actually a startup fintech company based out of Boston. What we do is we build digital escrow products for specific commercial verticals that financial institutions can offer to their commercial clients as part of their cash management treasury management suite. As far as my favorite love song, there's a movie, it's called Moulin Rouge, that came out in early 2001. Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman are in it. And one of the songs that they sang together was Elephant Love Medley. And it's actually an amalgamation of 10 different love songs from Elton John, David Bowie, Kiss, Phil Collins, U2, and many others, all kind of put together into one love song. I love the movie. I love all the songs that are sampled. And I love their rendition of that particular song as well. Oui, 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 très bien. I get to use a little bit of French, I know, for about five seconds, and that's probably all I know. <laughs> Tom, Tom Shen, you're up. Hey, Lou. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm absolutely delighted to be here on your show, as well as hanging out with this esteemed panel. So I'm an old monkey in this fintech space. Haven't had the privilege of starting a number of companies such as Software Dynamics and Malaozai operating 
digital insights, sitting on boards of Q2 and Bankers Toolbox over the years. Finastra acquired Malazai in 2018, and I retired mid-year 2018 and involved myself in a number of fintech projects. So I invested in a number of fintech companies such as Z Suite, Larkey, Rome HR, Sensible. I attend and sit on the boards of various companies. Delighted to be here and part of this panel. My love song is maybe an odd choice. I love Chris Christopherson and I love his song, Why Me Lord. And much like sitting on this panel, I feel unworthy as I listen to that song about love. Now, I don't know if this is the right time, but I actually commissioned a good buddy of mine, Bob Boba Ashley, to write a poem for Valentine's Day, and it's titled, Monkeys Love Fintech. Why not? (laughs) Go for it. I'm going to try to do justice. Roses are red, violets are blue. According to the song, it's easy to see for a monkey like me, fintech is where I belong. There's plenty of room for us all in the zoo. I am here, you are here, and other folks too. With Valentine's love through the thick and the thin, we help banks compete and our customers win. Fabulous. <laughs> and as long as you mentioned Malazai, I want to give a shout out to Rob Gaynor, who is a mutual friend of Tom and I and just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Rob, if you're listening... Hello. And finally, we have Joanna Pugh. Take it away, Joanna. Yeah, great to be on the call with you all and podcast and walk through this. I can give a shout out to Rob Gaynor, too. He's one of my favorite people in the world. I'm coming to you from Mambu out of Dallas, Texas. Brand new 10-year-old fintech company, and we are rocking it across North America. Our number one mission is to spread love, love through technology all across financial services. We want to make sure that we're building a better tomorrow and that we expose the brightest and the best technology for institutions who want to better their experience for their customers, not only the customers today and our children today, but our children tomorrow. And that's a huge, huge piece for us. I'm a FinTech gal. Most of you guys know me from way back to all the way across the pond, way back again in North America, in and out of lots of different organizations and work with amazing talent and bringing on brand new talent to Mambu in North America as well. So stay tuned for that. You'll see some posts going out from Cherie. But that's our number one mission is to really try and make a better experience in financial institutions. You know, it brings to mind, if you think about FinTech, and I too have a poem, I won't share it with you now. I'll wait for you to give me a heads up when you'd like to hear it. But I too am a huge advocate of sustainability. And so is Mambu. Our sure name, Mambu, is equivalent to that of bamboo in Indonesian. But when we talk about love and we talk about the love song you asked us to bring to the table today, I'm a classic, right? So give me Tupelo Honey by Van Morrison. That's my jam. I just love that. I'm a girl from the South. And so nothing sweeter than Tupelo Honey. Thanks, everyone. What 
is crystal clear from all of your introductions is how passionate you are about what you do. And what I'm picking up is how it makes a difference, why it matters. At this point, I want to segue into something that's directly related to that 2020. Many articles written, many podcasts, including a few here, talking about what a challenge 2020 was. We all know that at this point. And yet positives came out of that. Can you imagine that positives? I thought we could just have a nice discussion around the virtual table talking about what you saw that was positive, what you saw that really gave you hope for the future of financial services and inspired you to do your very best. So whoever wants to take it, the floor is open. So Lou, uh, thank you, Lou and team. This is a really good question. And I think we've all had an opportunity to enjoy some reflection. You know, COVID impacted us professionally, personally, maybe caused us to reassess and reevaluate. So I think some things that really struck me were the strength of our core values, you know, our company values, you know, mission-driven organizations, whether you're a supplier, whether a financial institution, when there's no playbook, precedence or guidance, you know, leaning on your core values, you know, drives clarity in your actions. So I think that was a significant benefit in learning. I think our industry at times gets branded fintech aside, but, you know, traditional FIs or legacy providers that we can't move quickly, right? And I think that we've busted that assumption. You know, if we think of institutions shifting and companies shifting to a remote model in a matter of days, right, not months or years, Lastly, to the ability to understand the power of partnerships, to really drive agility and that we need each other in this ecosystem. And I think the realization that while the conversation often is about digital transformation and digital tools, the role of human connections, right, can never be understated. The amount of craving we had for face-to-face connection when that wasn't available to us, I think we've really reassessed the importance of putting human in our tech. Yeah, Nicole, this is Tom. I couldn't agree with you more that in this very special year that we've just gone through and continue to move on and grow through this pandemic, as fintechers, we're given an opportunity to benefit society by providing financial wellness, an opportunity for financial wellness for all during these trying times. Often used is the term do well by doing good. And so one area that I'm particularly interested in, in fintech, I think we can make a difference. And that is to provide better understanding of financial institutions, of their customers. We have big tech such as Amazon and Google that know so much about our customers' customers. And how is it that we as fintechers can help financial institutions better understand and anticipate the needs through machine learning and feedback loops. We often talked about sort of the balance between convenience and creepiness in the past. Today, we think about propitious versus predatory in terms of product recommendation, lifestyle, and context. I believe financial wellness is right in the middle of the bullseye for us to make a difference. Yeah, Lou, this is Charles. And I totally agree with Tom. I think one of the things that we recognize this past year, it is a key undertaking for the financial services industry this year, 
is how do we continue to build upon some of those safety net things we recognize needed to be addressed. I was very fortunate at the ICBA to have a front row seat into what the community banks were doing from a PPP lending perspective and answering the 911 call, if you will, to make sure that payroll loans got in the hands of millions of small businesses to shore up the communities they serve and the employees of these companies that they needed to take care of. And to a large extent, it was because these banks could quickly put into service the fintech solutions and partnerships that either they had available from some of their incumbent solution providers or the new fintechs that are out there ready to answer this siren call, if you will. We saw some amazing heroic activities on the parts of bankers and fintechs to get millions of loans in just a matter of weeks into the hands of people who needed them. And it gives me great hope that building upon that, as we're seeing going into this year, provides a great deal of promise and optimism and uh, passion for this really beautiful intersection between the bankers and the fintech providers out there. It's no longer a question of if, it's a matter of when they put these things together. And we all got a chance to see this in a very profound way this past year. Yeah, Charles, I agree. This is Joanna. And for me, you know, I'll take a little bit of a deeper dive down the technology route. For me, one of the biggest, biggest and hugest opportunities that availed itself throughout this past year is the definite desire to make everything based on that customer and that customer's experience, right? Coming from financial institutions, banks, credit unions, captives, et cetera. It's how you interact with me differently and how you can do that today. In Dallas, we had hundreds and hundreds of cars backed up trying to get into drive-through tellers, right? Because there were no open branches. There were no people that you could access. And so from that, in turn, came the advent and really acceleration of the affinity towards utilizing some of these new fintech propositions within the financial institutions. And so that, to me, has been a horizon that has often been hard to kind of overcome in years past. But I think the affinity for net new technology and being able to utilize what's best in the mindset of that customer experience and what that customer and maybe even that customer's customer needs has been something on the forefront of everyone. You know, you mentioned the PPP loans. Overnight, organizations needed to be able to process transactions with unique calculations and payment terms that were never, ever possible. And so being able to turn on a dime and make those things happen, that was truly accepting and understanding financial technology at its greatest hour. So I think that was amazing as a country and as a fintecher. Uh, This is Charles again. I like reminding people that on the day the CARES Act was signed, some nearly 4,700 brand new lenders were created overnight and they had to figure out a way to get it done. And they did. And that's, to me, I think one of the most compelling stories, one of the most heartening stories, to your point, that they embraced this technology. It was no longer a fear factor. They weren't afraid because they knew they needed to get it done. And they did. And it was pretty amazing and still is amazing to see how much they were able to leap actually years of their strategy in deploying some of these digital customer-facing solutions in order to address a real problem right there in front of them. This is Nathan. You know, the ability for so many financial institutions to step up and do that such a short amount of time, when you compare it to the pace that us fintickers are usually working with for these financial institutions to move, definitely was awe-inspiring. 
when I think back to 2020, I think a lot of people are going to focus on this idea of how hard it was, right? What was the resistance that was put up against everyone trying to grow their business and move their family forward and improve themselves from a mental health perspective? And there's a lot of resistance, a lot of opposition. But one of the things that I always like to remind everybody it is through resistance and opposition that we actually become stronger and better. There's something powerful about doing hard things that clear our minds and clear everything that we think that we have to do and focus on that one or two things that's actually important. And I always think of it's an old analogy, but you always say the tree that's close to the river, its roots aren't very deep. So when the wind comes, it falls over quickly. But that tree that has to fight and struggle and get deeper roots to be able to get the water is going to be the one that's able to pass time. We saw that happening and we saw those roots getting deeper and deeper for both the fintech companies as well as for the financial institutions that we serve. And I think that's going to do nothing but help our industry and make it stronger as we move forward into 2021 and beyond. Some terrific observations here. Having established that a foundation was built, that people stepped up and did what they had to do, we're in a new year. We're not out of COVID yet, but vaccines are here and more are on the way. There is the promise that more money will be available through PPP loans. Banks, financial institutions, fintechs have an important role here, and it's not going to be quite the same as it was in 2020. We can see new things on the horizon that will allow us to up the game even more. When you look at 2021, what do you look forward to? What seems to be especially exciting? This is Charles. I think what's especially exciting going into this year is the breadth and depth of solutions of fintechs that have real meaningful tools and services that can be quickly provisioned and put into market to help address a lot of the needs that are out there, whether it's at the small business end of the spectrum, or as Tom was talking about, addressing financial literacy and financial health and financial wellness. We have so much more choice and so many more options available to the financial services industry, the community bank industry that I serve, that we've ever seen before. And that is very heartening and it's very exciting. And we have no shortage of desire for the bankers themselves to figure out a way how to use this fintech, how to partner with these fintechs, you know, companies like Nathan's at Z Suite, and how to bring those solutions into their communities and into their markets and address the real needs and the real demands that they all want to figure out how to serve. So I think this is, some of us, um, Tom Shen, have been around this place a long time doing this for a while. And this is such an exciting time in fintech. It's been a while since we've seen this kind of excitement and enthusiasm for the solutions capabilities and the promise that they bring. So I'm excited for this year. And I think this is only the beginning of a renaissance, if you will, of all things fintech. This is Nicole. The excitement is contagious. So I agree with Charlie's optimism. 
more FIs are kind of open and willing to consider partnerships. If somebody's built it and innovated, you know, why recreate the wheel? And there's just an agility with a good solid partnership. And if we think of the FinTech showcase, right? And so Finnovate and beyond and ICBA ThinkTech is a great example. As they showcased solutions virtually last year, I think some of the themes that really excited me were around, you know, continued digital customer service and enhancing that and creating those personal experiences when you're not face-to-face. I think, too, digital adoption, right, and digital engagement. And then I think the role of AI and machine learning, we see that becoming enabled in many solutions, but I still think the focus is to augment and help humans perform their jobs and tasks better. We're going to see a lot of excitement there. And then a renewed focus, of course, on financial health and well-being and support to small businesses. I want to raise two things I think that's exciting in 2021. The first thing is partnership. And I think we've learned over the years, but especially in 2020, that partnerships are so important. We're seeing community financial institutions, not only the money center banks, but community financial institutions embrace fintech in a way that's never happened before in terms of understanding partnerships. So to punctuate that point, my good friend, Mark Nelson over Horicon acquiring Monado, RoboSafe, to be part of a Horicon bank. This is a billion dollar bank making a fintech acquisition to get better at serving their customers. So that's an example of bank fintech partnerships. And then of course, fintech to fintech partnerships, a shout out to Association for Financial Technology, AFT. We as an organization and as fintechers have for years try to pull fintechers together to collaborate, to co-opetition, as we call it. So that's so important because we understand that we serve one portion of the industry and for us to collaborate with the larger industry delivers better solutions, helps financial institutions do more for their customers. So partnership is one. The second thing I think that we all should focus on is retention. Someone asked me the other day, that we've seen incredible digital adoption. It took a pandemic to grow. So how is it that we should focus going forward? And my answer is retention. These people who had no other choices but to go to digital and for digital onboarding, how is it that we keep them on digital going forward to continue to give them great experiences to go back and continue to use digital. And shame on us if we do not provide software that's good enough that they go back to traditional channels at some point later on. Shame on us for not doing a good job of customer retention. So those are two things I'm most excited about in 2021. This is Joanna. Yeah, Tom, I'm going to echo that, but in a little different scenario. I was speaking to a banker and he has been a very tenured banker, been in banking for over, been in banking for over, I don't know, 45 years. And in those 45 years, he's bought, sold, created new banks the entire time. And he was talking to me on the line. He said, look, I want to do a digital bank across the South Southeast. He said, I want it to be in four different states. And this is the first time in my entire career, my entire history of banking, where I feel like I can actually create a bank designed for my customer and their needs and not necessarily have to deal with the tech stack I've got. And he was very invigorating, right? And that is something I think that is positive for this next new year, coupled with the fact that nobody can do it alone, Tom. You nailed it on the head. Without partners, without being able to create an ecosystem and a partner framework that works, 
within fintech, it's going to be really hard for somebody to adapt and adopt to new technologies as they roll forward. So 100% with you on both of those points. I love that. And building off those themes, this is Nathan. The level of thought of optimism and ability to get things done is something that I've heard echoed in everybody's comments based off of proving what could be done in some crazy circumstances in 2020. Pardon me for the obscure reference here, but there is a short story written back in 1961 by Kurt Vonnegut called Harrison Bergeron. <laughs> it's this future dystopian society where they're trying to get where everyone is equal. So like if you have good eyesight, they put on these big goggles so you can't see well. If you're really smart, they zap you with some electricity to interrupt your thoughts every once in a while. If you're strong, they put weight on you so that you can't walk as fast and those types of things. And Harrison Bergeron is kind of the guy that had it all, right? And so he had everything. He was getting zapped every few seconds. He had hundreds of pounds on him, these glasses and stuff like that. In the short story, he escapes. He takes off all of those things, the weight, he takes off the glasses, he takes off the thing that's zapping his brain, and he realized all of those things that were dragging him down and his ability to perform, when they were gone, he was able to do superhuman feats. And I really feel like 2020 pushed a lot of bankers and those that are working in financial institutions to pull off a lot of this weight, a lot of these things that were holding them back that they realized didn't actually have to be there. You know, the bureaucratic red tape that existed saying, you know, I'm sorry, you can't work remotely. That all went away. In two weeks, it went away. They realized that wasn't important. I was talking to a financial institution, an over $100 billion institution, and they had a not built here mentality, or I'm only going to use technology with the core. They're saying our executive team sees now more than ever how important it is to partner. And they're looking at that and they're relaxing some of their due diligence guidelines that they had to work at startup companies that a startup company just could never fulfill. Just for example, the insurance limits that they required. A startup company was never going to be able to pay for those insurance limits. And you know, we can go on and on breaking through this idea that our older customers won't adopt digital. That's not true. And they saw that in a bigger way than ever before. It takes forever to do a project here. It doesn't take forever to do a project here. We had a PPP loan portal available in two weeks. All of that stuff, they're figuring out what is possible. The goggles are getting pulled off. The zappers in the brain are getting discarded. The weight is on the floor. And I'm really excited to see us soar. Charles, again, and very well said, Nathan, very well said. And I equate it to the old Disney term, Imagineering. This is a time and place in the industry where we're finding bankers are comfortable imagining the possibilities that these things can bring to them. And they have taken off those blinders. They have removed that historical bias of the, oh, not invented here. And now it's a why not? Why shouldn't I be able to do these things? I think that optimism is going to carry us for some time and allow more things to come into the industry that are going to improve the quality of life for the financial community at large. This is Kathleen, and I just wanted to echo what Charles just said. And first of all, in 2021, I think the momentum that built through 2020 is going to carry everyone forward. And the importance of that is that the genie is out of the bottle with regard to how business is done, and it's not going to be stuffed back in. So I think we have an opportunity here in partnership with financial institutions to take speed of market to the next level. That speed and that responsiveness is going to be demanded by customers. They've seen what financial institutions have done. They've seen the responsiveness that they can expect in what was considered an essential service. 
They've gotten used to it and they're going to want more. I think it's up to us, the fintech business, to be able to partner with banks, financial institutions, credit unions, and be able to help them be able to keep that speed to market going. This is a fantastic conversation so far. I'm sure we could take it for another 45 minutes. But if we did that, we would be depriving the Bankadelic audience of a follow-up to Tom Shen. I understand that some of you have prepared love poems to the industry. Whoever is brave enough to step up and share theirs, I'd love to hear it. Love. It's all about love today. Oh, come on. Let's all jump in. We're all here. This is Charles. So uh, I'm going to give you my haiku that I created. I was sitting here thinking, how do I express love for many of the things that give me pleasure? So here it is. Heart, a haiku. Thawing break of day, a human, bright heart banking above the chocolate. A haiku by Charles Ponce. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Is this where we all snap? Is that what we're supposed to do? That's exactly, Nathan. (laughs) Since I said that, that probably means it's my turn. It's your turn, Nathan. (laughs) All right. Well, I thought about perhaps writing an epic like the Odyssey, but I figured, Lou, we didn't have enough time in the podcast, so I shortened it a little bit. This is my abridged Odyssey. (laughs) Fintech, fintech. They shout from the rooftop, yearning brews from the years that came before. Billions of dollars showered upon them nonstop. A virus comes and they shout they want even more. Though the technology is quite sexy and catches the eye of the old guard directly, is it all just a flash in the pan that is a bubble? Or is it the real thing to replace all of that old rubble? To me, it doesn't matter much, for I love it so, and I have been touched by the bug that has gripped so many others to jump in and do my part to see what it all uncovers. Love it. Nice. Whoa. That's really awesome. I know we don't have video, Nathan, but can you just do a virtual backflip right now? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Hey, I just did it. Did you see it? Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) I have something a little bit different. I have a Valentine's recipe for 2021, right? So four small kisses, goodbye to COVID. Six giant hugs loaded with APIs. One cup of kindness for everyone, especially our customers. Three cups of FinTech love. Six tablespoons of amazing partners. And five teaspoons of happiness from investors. Equals much love for FinTech 2021. That's awesome. Yo! So, so listeners, you can blame Lou. He made us do this. And I'm not sure what has more cheese, what I'm about to read to you, which is my ode to Fintex or a bag of Cheetos. So <laughs> my apologies in advance, but here I go. I like Cheetos. Fintex, my Fintex, I do love you so. My role and my passion is helping you grow. While your momentum, validation, and runway might be my type, it's unique problem solving and fit that will make me swipe right. You're innovative, agile, obsessed with UX design. Your tech stack is modern, so we're very aligned. Our future is open. FinTech, FI, API hookups, I see. Win-win partnerships in our vertical is my plea. Come FinTech, FI, and supplier come all. Together we'll build better banking for all. Better banking for all. Very nice. I especially like the swipe right reference. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for catching that. I might swipe that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, are you the last one up here? <laughs> so this is a poem. It's called Fintech in Me. Searching for a relationship, loyal and true, where trust is an issue, bid your problems adieu. Here's how to make money and passion last. Fintech's the vision, efficient and fast. Cloud-based solutions prove quicker and sound. Indeed, there's no better option around. With Fimboa, I count on things to go fine. Nothing beats their effect on a bank's bottom line. So go ahead and measure the depth of real treasure. Combine finance and technology, it's truly a pleasure. I look to FinTech where innovation is born for a career I love and an elusive unicorn. Oh, you got the unicorn in there. High praise. <laughs> Excellent. Never in my wildest dreams when I gave out this assignment that I would have imagined six out of six of you came <laughs> through. Oh, man. Thanks, everyone, for being on the podcast. And let me go through the roll call one more time. Charles Potts, Nicole Harper, Kathleen Lasko, Nathan Baumeister, Tom Shen, and Joanna Pugh. Thank you. And we couldn't have done this without two people we all love. Catherine Laws from the William Mills Agency and Jenny Elman, the producer of Bankadelic. Once again, Thanks, and have a lovely Valentine's Day. Now then, I made all six of my guests here go through the ringer with naming their favorite love song and reciting a Valentine's Day poem. But what's Lou going to do? He's got to step up to the mic too. Well, what I have is a combination of a poem and a song. When my wife and I... When my wife Amy and I got married in 1996, I wrote a song for her, and she loved it so much it became our wedding song, and it's called Always. We're going to head off into the sunset with that song. I hope you enjoy it. It's my gift to you this Valentine's Day. Special thanks to our sponsors, the William Mills Agency, Quantic Bank, and Banker Hire. This is Lou Carlozo, and until next time, remember, love is in the air. Know that I am with you always Always Friends are gone Who before were present laughing 
Bankadelic is a production of Contrarian New Media, London, Chicago and Austin, Texas.